nostalgia, memories, growing up in Central Florida in the 1990s. What a bunch of sappy crap. It's the Sappy Crap Podcast. Starring Steve Bauman and Jarman Day. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Sappy Crap Podcast, where the names are changed, but the stories are real, or at least how our mind remembers them. Quick disclaimer, we're not saying that all the stories we tell here are true. They are just the way they're stored in our mind. They're imperfect, just like us humans. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you disagree, have a different memory, or think we're conflating two things, let us know. We'd be happy to talk about it or uh, retract, so to speak. Absolutely. Um, So before we get started, this week's episode was supposed to be the part two of our Chorus Kid episode, and we received some feedback that has led me to pull the plug. And Jarman did not have a part of this. I, as the creative, quote unquote, (laughs) um, decided that it was for the best, um, if not for the podcast, for me personally, uh, to not proceed. Um, So before we move on into the real show. And the one about uh, what it meant to go to summer camp, which will be real fun. And that unfortunately, a lot of kids don't get to experience this summer. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I just have something that I would like to read. Please do. Um, so this um, is to Mr. Johnson, who, um, who said he was not going to listen. And maybe he won't. Maybe he will. Um, Mr. Johnson, you taught me what it meant to create and collaborate. You taught me that with passion, something can become more than the sum of the people that put things into it. You taught me that anything worth doing is worth trying to perfect and and to never settle. You made me cry more than any girl who ever broke my heart. You made me doubt my self-worth and gave me more self-esteem issues than any bully or any note that said fat fuck and shoved into my locker ever did. You taught me what it truly means to fear an adult while desperately seeking their approval. And for me, that is your legacy. The good and the bad. All right, let's move on. All right. Thanks for reading that, Steve. I appreciate it. And for listeners that listened to our last episode to know what that the context of what that's all about. Um, but we're going to move on to some happier things and to happier pastimes that we can talk about. Uh, nostalgia that the show's all about and summer camp memories. But um, before we get to that, we're going to talk about some feedback and some family that have actually been listening to this episode and to these episodes. And I think Sappy Crap really opens up the Play on Nerds network to um, more audiences. People can... Everyone can relate to the things we talk about in this show because it's you know live, growing up in the '90s. Basically, if you were one of those people, or even you know growing up in the '80s, you can probably have a lot of similarities with us. So, um, out of nowhere, I get a text from my half brother Joe uh, from North Carolina, where he's living now, and um, he has been listening to the show, and I didn't know. Ooh. So, my half brother Joe via text said, "I thoroughly enjoyed your most recent podcast, and this was the going to the movies with friends episode, the first episode." Um, he's, I was able to identify with so much of what you guys talked about. Um, and he's a little bit older, um, than me, but, um, mm-hmm. basically have a similar experience to us that day. I think he's the same age as your brother as well. 10 years older. Yeah. About 10 years okay. older. Okay. 
Um, and then from him again about the movie date episode, um, he references our Howard the Duck episode as well. of Real opposition. You folks <laughs> listen to that. Um, he says, I was not a fan of Howard the Duck, but I was a fan of Cat in the Hat, which Steve said he had experience in that movie, which is very oh, I funny. I got some experience in that movie. <laughs> you should all listen to the date episode because it's quite <laughs> funny. Um, he says, I can honestly say I've never made out in a movie theater, and I don't think I have either. So you're not alone there. Um, oh, and- boy. Have I. <laughs> And for our chorus episode, the last episodes, I really enjoyed the recent sappy crap. I was eager to learn more about your adolescence, which he puts a little uh, laughing face. But it's funny, but true, because I didn't meet my half brother, Joe, until my senior year of high school. So it was kind of he's kind of actually learning about my adolescence this time that we weren't brothers, you know, because we didn't really know each other until then. So he's kind of learning about how I grew up. And I didn't even think about that added benefit of doing the podcast. So it was really kind of cool to have that kind of you know, brotherly moment. I don't think he meant that text that way, but it came off that way. So that's very nice. Yeah. And sorry, brother, if you didn't want me to read your text in the show, but you should tell me next time if you don't want me to read them, because I'm going to <laughs> otherwise. So there you go. <laughs> so this topic, what is this uh, summer camp? What's this all about, Steve? Uh, so let's talk about it. Everybody, not everybody. A lot of kids have summer camp memories, whether it was a like eight week camp where your parents shipped you off and they took a vacation uh, or the the week sleepover camps or day camps uh, filled with fun activities, balloon and egg races. One of those is real, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, tie dyeing, terrible crafts, outdoor activities that are dangerous and in the Florida heat. <laughs> yeah, or at least you've seen movies of kids in summer camps. If you haven't been yourself, you've probably seen a movie about it. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about uh, our time as campers. Yes. And I think um, we should say like generally my camp's. I only have two camp experiences to preface this. I have one, which is a regular kind of summer camp you talked about, which was Camp Weewa. Uh, oh, which, Weewa. It was uh, run by YMCA. People probably know what that is, but it's kind of like a Christian organization as well. So kind of a Christian camp as well, but more like a regular camp experience. And then I had kind of the day camp, which is more like, you know, glorified babysitting uh, called at UCF, University of Central Florida during the summers because my mom worked there and they had the summer camp for all the employees and stuff for kids who could go there summer camp. And it was kind of just oh, like cool. board games and uh, I'll get more into it later, but it was not a real camp situation, but it was still <laughs> technically summer camp. There was a pool. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but yeah, being a camper. So how long were you actually a camper at camp? So my early memories, I, at one point, maybe was seven or eight, went did a, a soccer camp, like a week long soccer camp. That sounds terrible. <laughs> it, it was rough. Uh, uh, but my amusing uh, enough, my dad was the camp nurse that week. So, oh, cool. Um, and then I did some sort of other week long nature camp at some point, maybe in Pennsylvania while we were there. Uh, but most of my experiences come from one camp, a uh, United Methodist youth camp in central Florida uh, called the Warren W. Willis. Oh, camp. Right. I haven't heard that uh, name in so long in, <laughs> in Leesburg, but technically Fruitland Park. Uh, Florida, really kind of out in the middle of podunk nowhere on Lake Griffin. Mm. Uh, and most of my memories, both as a counselor and a camper are there. How many years were you a camper for? I was a camper for s- six years, I believe. Dang. And then I did two as a counselor. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my first, so it'll be fun. A good break in. So my first summer at camp. Mm-hmm. So this was summer after fifth grade, after we'd met, um, my mom was working for the United Methodist Conference at the time, was kind of a big wig. My mom had like a title. She was a director. Oh. Director of spiritual formation. 
that that's uh, the thing. <laughs> yeah. And she had planned a meeting with the director of the campsgrounds, uh, a nice guy whose name I believe was Michelle, French gentleman. Gotcha. Um, and she scheduled it the same day as check-in so she could take me to camp and then have this meeting. Makes sense. So we're running late. And by the time we get to registration, the line is huge. And my mom's late for her meeting. Mm. So she starts dragging me to the front of the line and name dropping the director that she's late for a meeting. with, (laughs) And I am super embarrassed and everyone (laughs) is far too polite to stop her. So we rush through and she says, bye and have a good week at camp and rushes off to her meeting. (laughs) Well, it turns out that in that rush, we completely missed a part of registration. Mm. And the part that we missed is the part where you sign up for all your activities for the week. Oh no. <laughs> so eventually, me and a counselor figure this out when they say go to your activity group and I say what what are you talking about? <laughs> so I get put in the skills that had room left. Mm. <laughs> so I end up having like two ultimate frisbees, not my style <laughs> in Florida heat, and like two arts and crafts. Were you crocheting? <laughs> it was a rough week. Let's say. <laughs> rough first week again. Uh, what, what about you? Oh, well, uh, so I'll, I guess I'll talk about the regular camp for now. I'll have other stories from the faux camp later on. But uh, I think I was only a camper two years. Um, so I'll have a little less stories and, and different kind of stories than Steve. But I, I just remember all the, uh, the canoeing, crafts, archery, uh, 22 rifles they had at our camp. For, they had kids shooting 22 rifles. Um, there must have been some waivers signed or something. And uh, then the dance at the end. Oh, a camp dance. Did Tell you guys have a that. dance at the end? Um, no, we had a musical thing every week, but there was never any. It was never something that could be turned romantic, if that makes sense. Okay, gotcha. In that regard. Um, and at the UCF camp, where it's kind of a day camp, there was board games, video games. Some You could sometimes get the Nintendo which literally had like Nintendo baseball, like the game that's just called baseball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they had group activities and that always ended in a talent show at the end of that camp, um, which uh, later on ended up, I had a ventriloquist dummy at the time. So my last talent show was me having a ventriloquist act that I practiced all week at home. And then I forgot all my lines when I got up on stage, just mortified and ran away and got made fun of for that. So that was great. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, yeah, being a camper, though, I remember uh, my favorite things I found out were canoeing and archery and 22 okay. rifles. Those were just that was a lot of fun. Um, was, yeah. Yeah. Like, like classic boy camp things. Well, and I didn't like a lot of the, you know, there's a lot of like flag football and really physical oh, the things. Hell with that. I was like, no, but canoeing was peaceful. Uh, archery was a lot of fun. And I was good at the 22 rifles, even though I don't like guns, okay. but uh, it was I was good at it. And the dance is terrifying but i'll get to that more later <laughs> so what about being a counselor Ooh, uh so being a counselor was a little bit disenchanting and, and here's why so after that first summer um my mom came back she's like do you want to go back and i went nah i'm good <laughs> and she's like what if i told you that there's like an acting camp and i oh. went okay and she goes and i if i told you it was on the adult side of the camp where you basically sleep in hotel rooms Oh. And suddenly I went to create a spirit camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before I had high school theater or had any sort of real acting outlet for six years, I got to go sing and dance and it was way easier to be a boy. So I always got really good parts for the end of the week performance and a chance to be around girls that wasn't in a classroom. Yeah. 
so, you know, highlights from the, those years as a camper. Uh, once I bit a hole through my tongue on the second day of camp, Ooh. when a counselor knocked me down playing ultimate Frisbee, more ultimate Frisbee, <laughs> uh, going to pool time with creative kids only to have like, instead of sitting alone at the side of the pool, it was like me and 20 other kids that refused to go in. It was really refreshing. <laughs> I had people to hang out with. Yes. I know how that feels. Uh, and around here, four or five, there was sort of this inside group that had been going for a long time and we were all close. And so, you know, those years, it was cool to be, to, I was sort of in the inside crowd. Yeah. Those older kids, the ones that seemed to have it together, we were like a little camp gang. Um, and so that also, that, that sense of community. I think it was another thing I really remember from that time, but because I did creative spirit, uh, then I went to go be a counselor at this camp. Eight of the nine weeks aren't creative spirit. Eight of the nine weeks are real camp. Mm. <laughs> uh, uh, and it was a little bit disenchanting. I'm not going to, I still got to do creative spirit, but otherwise I slept rough in the, out in the far boys bunks and, and walked far too far and had way too many kids to be in charge of. and. It just, it was and, a lot. And you were there for nine weeks? Uh, 10 with the training week up front. My goodness. Were you paid nine for it? Nine weeks of campers. Uh, yes. Uh, not an incredible amount, but when you consider that basically for the entire summer, room, board, and laundry True. was done for you, oh. uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't a lot of money, but probably after all those things about what I would have made had I worked you know, some 20 or 30 hour a week crap job back in Winter Park. And plus, the one thing I do remember is every time you came back from camp, you had a story about the girl of that summer. Oh, yeah. There was always a girl of that summer. Mm -hmm. Always. Whether there was I'll a kiss that happened or a make out that happened. I'll tell a story about that later. Oh, yes. <laughs> Not so, what you think. <laughs> as far as uh, counselors go, um, I was ever a counselor, but um, my sister and my stepbrother really took to Camp Weewa. They are They were much more outdoorsy and, and, and athletic than I was. Um, my sister was a competition cheerleader and my stepbrother, Peter, he, he was the same age as us. He did all sorts of sports and everything. Um, so they were counselors and they all had the yeah. make out stories and they all had, you know, people they were crushing on. And I always had crushes on the counselors when I was there because I, I didn't like any of the girls my age, apparently. Um, but nothing ever came of that. <laughs> and the counselor at uh, my uh, UCF camp, was a former football player for the Bengals. Uh, I don't know why or how that happened, uh, but he was the counselor and he would make fun of me. That was his thing. So uh, he would, uh, one of the things he liked to do was make fun of me for drinking frescas because my mom would pack <laughs> me frescas in my lunch. And um, so he's like, oh, you're going to have a fresca and go play some tennis, Jarman. And I'm like, no, I, don't, I just like the way it tastes. I didn't sign up for tennis. <laughs> and then he uh, one time came up to me and said, Jarman, in front of all the other kids, I, I think you lost something. And I said, what? What did I lose? He goes, your butt. And so basically I had no butt back then because I was I was a very skinny beanpole of a kid. This is like even like maybe before even I met you. Um and he's making fun of a kid for not having a butt, which is also kind of weird looking back as an adult. <laughs> in retrospect, this is all this is very much disturbing. More so this is my experience with counselors. But the counselors at Weewa were very nice. But it was just that's my the only counselor experience I could possibly give out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in the same vein of what you're just talking about, uh, I'm going to start this story and then quickly explain. I'm talking about the time I almost dated a camper. Oh. Yeah, we called it DAC, and it was very uh, strictly prohibited. Before I get further into the story, I just want to clarify that the camper was 17. I was 16. Oh. 
That's weird. So, uh, <laughs> questionable, yes. Unprofessional, yes. Illegal, no. Just for the context of the story. <laughs> Understood. Uh, so it was creative spirit. It was my first year as a counselor and it was like the fourth week. I'd just done three weeks of like regular camp and I was so ready to be with like my creative spirit crew. Yeah. Very exciting. So suddenly I found myself in charge of all these kids who I had been a camper with the year before. Mm -hmm. It was a really weird shift. And one of these campers we'll call Veronica. Uh, her and I had a flirty steamy thing mm. uh, that never really went anywhere and had talked over the school year and had even had phone sex at one point junior oh. year. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, uh, well, now suddenly I'm her counselor. Mm, awkward. <laughs> yes. Um, so the first day we have a close call and almost kiss. We're like in that situation. Every guy knows that situation. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, and after that, I'm on guard. The next day she stays behind in like a props closet. And I'm going and doing the sweep of the building and she's there and we have another close call, both through grace of God and the fear of losing my job. <laughs> it is a Christian camp. <laughs> uh, so I remember the whole week she was wearing like, like thong and G string underwear and she was pulling it up way too high. <laughs> uh, the point where I remember I had to ask a female counselor to like go talk to her about it. Yeah, it's a dress code um, kind of thing, you know. Yeah, but man, I am proud to say that I controlled my high school body and instincts and nothing actually happened. That is impressive. Yeah. Not where I thought I that story was going. I definitely <laughs> nearly dated a camper. Absolutely. Who was older than you. <laughs> Who was older than me. But we had been campers together for, you know, five or six years. I would have given you a pass. <laughs> uh, my bosses probably would not have. No, that is true. That is true. Nor Jesus. <laughs> uh, and speaking of which, this is a good thing for me to bring up. Um, and I want to address this. I, this was a Christian camp. Mm -hmm. I led a small group every week. I had a curriculum I needed to teach. Uh, I'm happy to say that this was not a crazy hell and damnation brimstone camp. That is not what the United Methodists are about. Not speaking in tongues or anything. No, 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 not. No, 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 no. None of that <laughs> nonsense. Very accepting. No hell and damnation. No brimstone. We never we never openly accepted LGBTQ in my time, but they certainly weren't anti. Right. And have since come forward as one of the most progressive churches and even went through a big near break of the church a, a year or two ago over it. Yeah. Cause they have over, gay and lesbian Dan, pastors now, I think. And that's a big, it's a big point in the church and right. still continues to be. And um, you were a Christian back then. I was, I was knee deep in Jesus. <laughs> that sounds gross. It was, <laughs> um, no offense to our Christian listeners. We're no, just, no, no. Uh, yeah. And I believe me, I understand better than most. Um, as you would, but, you, have a, you have a pastor for a mother. But no, I, I went to chapel. I sang the songs. I felt those feelings. Right. You know? uh, and I think you touched on that last episode, that sort of being part of something bigger and letting it overtake you when you're at camp and you're away from literally everything, including your parents, like it happens. It absolutely happens. Yeah. Um, but I also remember, you know, asking kids to dedicate their lives to Christ mm -hmm. and fill out like journals and stuff. Um, <laughs> And I remember the one time, so each week we had a guest speaker that was typically a pastor or youth pastor that came with one of the groups of kids that was there. Mm -hmm. And I remember we only had, we had one that was like brimstone, hell damnation oh, brimstone. Yeah. And I remember all the counselors, like we didn't really know what to do. Mm. Like this was, it was not the normal shtick and it was not what. It was out of place. Taught. It was out of place. So even then we knew that that wasn't what we were about. 
Well, that's so good. In that, in that respect, I'm at least proud. Yeah, you should be. That's that's. That, I try to teach good. kids about like the good parts, the fellowship, and being nice to people and not being a dick. Well, that was the parts of, of Camp Weewa that were because it wasn't made, all focused all day along about Jesus, but there was a mandatory chapel that was too early. Uh, they had, and then at night they did the campfire thing, which would they would sing awkward campfire songs, which is fine. They'd sometimes be Jesus songs. Um, there'd be a prayer at the end. And so that was kind of like the only thing, but I was already an atheist at this point. I've been an atheist since I was like in sixth grade. So I was like, I was like, okay, I'll sit through this stuff. I'm just, you know, check out some girls while I was there. <laughs> you know, They're all praying with their heads down and I'm just looking around. Um, but it, it was fine. It, it just like <laughs> with yours, it was kind of like a general Christian thing. Cause YMCA doesn't prescribe. I don't think to a specific, specific denomination or something. It's just general kind of, yeah, Christianity. they were founded by someone, but who knows? Right. I think now at this point it's just kind of general Christianity, but, um, but mainly it was just camp. It was camp. Yeah. So now maybe some stories that are distinct to me, but some like, like how counselor to counselor dynamics worked. Oh. So in this situation, you're like, take 150 nice Christian kids and you pack them away to camp for 10 weeks. <laughs> it's a long time. A lot of people that you would never look at start looking real good. <laughs> A lot of girls who would never look at you are suddenly giving the eye. It's like being in the bar too long. <laughs> Jesus is the ultimate wingman, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, and both summers, I went to camp with one girl friend and left with another. Both summers. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so there was definitely that aspect of it. Um, but weekend trips to the Goodwill and the Army-Navy surplus – coming up with last minute costumes because we did, there were uh, movie nights on Saturday nights that they nice. put on for us. And then we would, whatever the movie was, we'd go and try to like dress a theme for it. Mm. So it was top gun. We all went to army Navy surplus and got a bunch of camo <laughs> and like fake metals and stuff. Yeah. That sort of thing. Uh, going to the village's retirement community. Oh, was that nearby? See, that was, yeah, that's, it was like a 20 minute drive. Um, but uh, what they've become known for more recently is the retirement community with the highest STD rate in the U.S. Oh, yeah. People might know that. A lot of old people. Um, but they always had everyone had old collectible cars out every weekend. And nice. you could go and hear live music and dancing. They had the best movie theater in the area. Oh, yeah. The place is huge. Um, so we would go. Uh, and that's where we would spend a lot of weekend time. Um, so this is sort of my best story example of camp shenanigans. <laughs> In their purest, most not terrible form. Like not mean, just crazy camp shenanigans. So on the weekends, most of the guys, after we'd cleaned our cabins, we would go and we would congregate in one of the kids' cabins. Uh, because they were big, large, like uh, lodge style hmm. with big separate bunks and a big central area and a kitchenette. And so you could, you know, 30 or 40 of us would go pack into one of the boy into one of the kids' cabins for oh, the dang. weekend That's to hang big. out. All right. Um, oh, it could fit. I think 38 on each side or something like that. Like oh, wow. that was even half full. Everyone had room to spread out. It was real nice. That's huge. Yeah. A big, yeah. Big camp. Um, and we, me and a buddy that I'm going to call Mimo. That's not his real name, but that is what I called him. So I'm going to continue to call him that. <laughs> me and my buddy Mimo. Uh, we're heading to the dorm because curfew's coming. And we get up to the porch and we see this bird just hanging out in a little patio area out front. Kind of like a pheasant looking thing. Mm-hmm. So we're watching and some other people come up and they, what are you looking at? This bird. So suddenly there's like seven of us watching this bird just in a circle. And we all say, what, who knows the kind of bird that is? Get Jared. Jared hunts. 
he'll know what bird this is. We get Jared and like three more guys follow him out. He doesn't know what it is. Oh, go, go get Bill. Bill was an Eagle Scout. He'll definitely know what this is. Bill and like six other guys come. Nah, they don't know what it is. So now we got like 30 guys. No internet. <laughs> age 17 to 22, just staring at a bird. <laughs> so then it was like it was born out of the chaos of the situation. The idea suddenly like it, like it just birthed itself. The idea became, let's get the bird inside. So we open the door and we kind of lightly coax the bird inside and it runs around a bit. We all get a laugh and Mimo says, okay, we got to get it. Uh, catching this thing was like, it was like a Hollywood style blockbuster chase scene trying to get this thing. <laughs> Finally, Mimo gets his hands around it and starts to carry it outside. And it, the moment he, cr- he crosses the door, he turned and like a lightning bolt flashed in his eyes. He just says, let's take it to the girl's cabin. <laughs> All of a sudden, 30 guys and a bird are sprinting across this field at 10 at night to the girl's cabin. <laughs> <laughs> so we get up to it. Someone opens the door. Mimo runs in. He drops the bird and he runs out. Poor bird. And we're so now we're all just sort of sitting there in this moment where we don't know what we really just did. And we hear this sort of inside this kind of half murmur like what is that is that oh my god and the girl's cabin erupts (laughs) that's exactly what you wanted erupts with screams screams of 30 like once again 17 to 22 year old women mimo and us all run back in it's another italian job style chaos scene ensues and we managed to get so then all of a sudden we realize oh shit it's curfew Mm -hmm. we have a bird in the girl's cabin and it's curfew So we go sprinting back across this field in the darkness. I ran over a tree and I mean, I ran it over like you tripped over it. No. So this tree was a young enough sapling. I was big enough that I literally ran over the tree and killed (laughs) it because we were just running through the dark, not really paying attention. And I like, I like uprooted a tree. Oh my God. That's dangerous. Uh, and we all made it back before we got caught by leadership. Nice. That's the important part. But that's, <laughs> but just the cure, like when you're bored and there's no internet, you're right. And you're stuck away somewhere remote, man, you make your own fun. <laughs> that reminded me of a story that I, I didn't remember. I even, even happened. It's, it's not quite related, but just like shenanigans happening in the boys cabin. Um, so the first year I went uh, to the dance that, that at the end, everyone had like axe body spray and stuff. They were getting all ready for the dance and put on their, their best little outfit. And this one guy who always got the girls, um, he was talking about how he had pheromones on top of his cologne. And I was like, uh-huh. Wait, I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, oh, you buy it online. Like, the Internet was pretty new at this point. Buying things online was pretty darn new and sketchy at best. Um, so I remember going back on my AOL account, uh, for the next year, I was going to have those pheromones. So I, I think it was $20. It was the first package I think I ever bought myself secretly. So my parents wouldn't find it. And it got sent to my house and there's a little tiny vial of probably water. Um, so, and I remember the next and having it and I put it on for school and nothing seemed to happen, but I was so excited to use it for next year at camp. And so I put it on with my, and I was just going to stand there in the back of the dance and wait for the girls to smell me and come on over and nothing Jay, happened. You, the thing you need to admit to yourself was that was definitely urine. <laughs> it just depends on what kind of urine. 
Well, a person must have had a very high water diet because it, was, it looked just like water. <laughs> oh, no, they, they didn't even send you the good stuff. They sent you the water down your. <laughs> <laughs> and it smelled like nothing. But it even said in the ad, it's like it's totally you can't smell it with the regular nose. Like it's going to their their brain centers. It's going to make them crazy. But uh, it was it was so stupid, <laughs> man. But I have a, a UCF camp. Uh there was a lot of bullying going. I was bullied pretty much my whole child. And I, I thought of this when I was talking about this. We need to actually have maybe a bullying episode at some point. Oh, absolutely. I thought about that. Because um, we both were bullied, obviously. Um, and then on top of the, the the counselor bullying me, who was a full-grown adult, which is worse enough, I at one point was on a Little League team, which I was terrible. And this uh, com- as someone who went to his Little League games, I can confirm. <laughs> yeah, I was always in the very back. And apparently this company that makes toilets called Banique or Banique, uh, they sponsored our team. And so I, on the, I had a t-shirt with our team name on it and Banique on the back. I didn't know what the hell they were. So I get to camp wearing this t-shirt and some kids was like, he's got a toilet shirt on. And the whole rest of that camp, everyone just made, called me the toilet kid. It only takes one thing, dude. It takes one thing. And so that was like that whole camp session was them calling me the toilet kicks. I had that Benike. I didn't even know what the fuck it was. So, and the only other experience that really comes to mind from that UCF camp is my Game Boy, the original black and white Game Boy. Oh, yeah. Uh, it fell in the main fountain at University of Central Florida in the water. And I was so sad. I remember that fountain. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so one of the grad students there, I don't know how I knew him. I think it was through my mother. She worked with them or something. This um, an international student. He knew to take it up, how to take it apart, and then he put it in the the a thing of rice and let it sit there overnight. And he put it back together for me, and it worked like nothing had happened. And I was so mm-hmm. happy, <laughs> saved my childhood life. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and pretty much at Camp Weewa, the best thing I remember is just learning that there are some outdoor things I do like, even though I didn't like camp. I I do like the the peacefulness of canoeing, being outdoors. I do like hiking. But just I learned the things I definitely don't like, like I still don't like sports and running around and getting sweaty with instead of working out. So, yeah, that was uh, was kind of it. (laughs) Uh, That that brings me to actually my next story perfectly, uh, which is me also finding something outdoorsy I didn't hate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, So the unspoken rule was that if you were a counselor and you signed up for skills, you were going to get one outdoor skill a week. Mm. So, yeah, you'd get to teach that craft skill, but you were also going to teach ultimate frisbee. Uh, you know, that sort of trade off. Yeah. Uh, and so we had this nature center, the nature hut. That was just a hut that had, you know, some snakes and turtles and stuff people owned and some bones and a gator head, you know, the nature stuff. Neat. And it was a two day skill. And the first day we'd go spend the nature hut and kids would touch animals and get to explore things. We'd talk about wildlife in Florida. But the second day was a hike around the camp. And hike is relative because everything was flat because it's Florida. So a walk, a walk through the camp. Yeah. Um, and on this walk, which was approximately an hour and a half long, because that's how long the skill was. So we had to fill an hour and a half. This was not that long. Uh, we had to spew off a ton of nature stuff, Florida nature stuff. So we talked about the difference between venomous poisonous snakes and all the venomous uh, snakes in Florida. It's like the cottonmouth and the king snake, or not the king snake, coral snake. And there's uh, diamondbacks up in the panhandle. And we talked about uh, moss and the symbiotic nature with the tree and the imbalance in the lake because of the Coca-Cola factory that was dumping stuff. And, you know, we talked about all this. There wasn't that much to talk about. So we ended up making up a lot of stuff. (laughs) And since I did nature a lot, I ended up sort of setting the script for other people that taught nature. 
Uh, some of the stories in, include fluorescent pink wampus scats that came from an orange grove that used to be beside uh, uh, the purple hippos. Whoa. Uh, there was an eccentric landowner who had a zoo, and when he died, they just released them, and they're still in the lake. <laughs> and when kids would ask that they could see them, I'd say, no, they're nocturnal, dummy. <laughs> Don't you know uh, that? Gosh. Uh, <laughs> those sort of things. And my favorite, and this is something that literally leadership told us we had to stop, <clears throat> and that was the story of the Miller girl. So the camp property shared used to share a property line with the Miller farm effectively. Mm-hmm. It might've been an orchard, but you know, a, a big man, land mass used for growth. Um, and at some point the Millers had a young child, uh, who died somewhere on somewhere there supposedly. And the reason we knew this is because there was a remembrance stone that had been left from the property and was leaned up against the tree. Oh, so it's actually real. That's that actually happened. <laughs> Sort of. Yeah. So it at least confirmed that a kid died there. That being said, he wasn't buried there. It was like a memory stone and his family buried them at their other house in right. one of the Carolinas or something. So it was just a commemorative sort of thing so that they could visit something while they were there. Um, and it just turned into this big thing where like the kid went down to the water and a gator got him. Um, but then it became this, the story of the Miller girl. Ooh. Uh, and it became the camp ghost story. And it expanded and it grew and uh, it just became this big enough thing that we were talking about it more than we should have as counselors. And I remember leadership coming and saying, there's no more Miller girl. (laughs) If we hear anyone say anything, you will be suspended and your, your, your pay will be cut. Cause you're scaring the crap out of the kids. Yeah. 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 And that's cause you know, also we're Christians. So, you know, that there's sort of a middle line on ghosts there. Right. Um, Um, but I remember even it was easy to get tricked because the moon out there was really, really bright and we had really old windows in a lot of the buildings. And so because that there were those sort of windows that have little waves in them. Ooh, even spookier. And so light would catch in, but it wouldn't reflect, reflect evenly. So you couldn't see that it was the reflection of the moon. And then it would bounce off of the wall on the, the, the window on the far side and do even more weird stuff. So you could walk and look and swear that you saw someone and literally take another step and they wouldn't be there because the light just wasn't refracting into your eyes at that moment. That's perfect. <laughs> and so it was very easy to build this mythos. Yeah. I do specifically remember telling, them telling us to cut it the hell out. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> I would suggest everyone watch Wet Hot American Summer, both the movie and the two spinoff shows that came on Netflix. They're yeah. Both 10 years later is a little rough, but the original and first day of camp are both spectacular. Yes. Just they spectacular. are really good. Um, but it just, it does feel that way at camp. A lot of the things they, that are seem so goofy in that movie, they actually happen. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, is that all the stories you got for us? You got a lot more camp time than I did. Yeah. And as a counselor too. So I've got more clear memories of it because I was a little bit older. That's true. Yeah. I was younger and it's kind of faded for me. The only one I'll tell, and I just thought about it and we'll call him Jake because him and I still know each other. Um, Jake liked a lot of girls Mm -hmm. and he had like a type basically. Um, And these girls were really not into him. And so I kind of made it a hobby to get these girls that I knew he liked to go to me with to go with me to movie night, (laughs) just to piss him off. Kind of just to piss him off. (laughs) And three of them said yes. And they knew that it wasn't 
romantically inclined. I knew the score. They knew the score. Right. But we still did it. And we, two of them were themed. And I remember one was the, the Top Gun one. Mm. Or me and a girl named, I'll just, Taylor, doesn't matter, um, went and in camo and another one where I can't remember the movie was, but me and this girl got this idea that we were going to go to the goodwill and we were going to go as a cross-dressing old couple. (laughs) So I was going to go as an old woman and she was going to go as an old man. So we found old wigs and a dress that fit me and like a suit jacket. And we put together a very impressive outfit. And there is still a picture somewhere that exists of me dressed as an old woman (laughs) next to a very petite girl dressed as an old man. I could totally see that. (laughs) um but yeah just just snaking 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 from jake is probably the best (laughs) i think i know who you're talking about too Uh, i figured with that last phrase you would and also i need to say that there is i think this one girl who came from your camp who we hung out with after your camp was out and then her and i ended up making out and it was only like the third girl i ever made out with so i was i was very thankful to you for introducing you'll have to to tell me who that was i will after after the show but yeah Yeah. i was very happy about it i'm sure (laughs) so i appreciate that steve i snaked (laughs) one from from you but you gave it to me really so that's that's right hey women Uh, aren't snakes and we're not objectifying women we're women are awesome no in this in this example in fact we are the snakes we are the snakes yes just for the record in this example we're the snakes (laughs) (laughs) we're terrible down in our bellies under your feet not good for anything so does that wrap up our episode of the Sappy Crap Podcast, Steve? I think it does. Uh, thanks for joining us for these uh, memories as they they exist in our minds. Come back next time. We don't know what we're going to be talking about, but we're going to talk about something that hopefully you can relate to. Yeah. And also, thanks for joining us on this delightful stumble down memory lane. And don't forget, the good old days weren't always that good. That's true. This podcast was brought to you by A Play on Nerds.